We're back with another episode of the MicroConf podcast. This week, we look at our sixth and final talk for MicroConf Remote held back in March of 2021. This talk is from Mike Ritchie of Sequel.io. And Mike Ritchie actually sold his company. He was acquired, uh, I think, just a couple months after giving this talk. His talk is called Become the Wise Advisor. Platforms like Quora, Stack Overflow, and Clarity.fm let you become the wisest, most sage advisor across the land. In this conversation between Mike Ritchie and myself, Mike will share how he tapped into authority building platforms to reach their earliest customers by providing insights and solutions to potential customers. This turned out to be a really good talk, and I, if you ha if you didn't see it, if you didn't make it to remote, you haven't had a chance to watch the video on YouTube. Again, youtubecom microconf All of these are available to watch, and and microconf remote turned out to be a really good event. Uh, we've done two of them now. Took a really different approach from the first one to the second one, and the second one we used a platform called Gather.town, where we were able to get folks together, get more of a hallway track where people could run into each other, have conversations. I was out there mixing and mingling, of course, safely social distance. Uh, you know, I was at a, an Airbnb in California, but there were people from all over the world attending. And the event came off without a hitch. There were a lot of new folks exposed to MicroConf. A lot of returning attendees said they got a lot of value. And if you recall, this one focused on early stage SaaS marketing approaches. And if you aren't able to make it to the in-person microconfs we've been running, for example, as of today, I should be on an airplane headed back to Minneapolis from Dubrovnik, Croatia, from our microconf Europe growth event. And hopefully everything went off without a hitch there. But if you aren't able to make it to our in-person events, we have another microconf remote coming up. It's going to have the high level of content that you expect from microconf. And that event will be coming up in the next, I believe it's a couple of months. So hop on to our email list if you want to hear about that, microconf com. Enter your email and you'll be in the loop when we have both in-person events, but also remote events that you can visit from the comfort of your own home. I hope to see you at a future microconf, whether we're able to meet in person or whether we're meeting, you know, virtually via gather.town. And with that, let's dive into the conversation and talk from Mike Ritchie on utilizing Quora, Stack Overflow, and Clarity.fm for early stage SaaS marketing. All right, we are live back with our final, sixth and final keynote of MicroConf Remote. Thanks again for joining me and sticking around. We're gonna have about a 20 minute conversation with Mike Ritchie and myself. And he is the founder of Sequel.io. He's gonna share how he tapped into authority building platforms to reach their earliest customers by providing insights and solutions to potential customers, specifically on Quora and Stack Overflow. But during our conversation, uh, we'll talk about, I'll bring up several other Q&A platforms that I believe can be used for similar purposes. It's early stage SaaS, it's getting 10, 50, or the first 100 customers. And with that, let's welcome Mike Ritchie to the show. How's it going, sir? Good, how are you? Doing all right, thanks for joining us today. We're gonna, um, as I was telling folks, we're gonna have about a, 20 minute chat you have some slides prepared and then we will have 10 minutes of q a ish and we'll wrap around sometime around uh 9 30 pacific 12 30 uh eastern so with that i'll let you take it away from here um you can intro yourself and, and dive into the slides and then we'll i'll chime in as needed yeah, sounds good. And, and just to set some context because um, I'm sure not everyone is familiar with with uh, my small niche of the world, my small company. So 
Um, SQL is an app that helps uh, customers, our customers, which are generally data analysts, um, people that know SQL but are not too much more tech savvy than that. Uh, it helps those analysts push data um, from their data warehouse into other applications. Um, so you can think of those things or, or places that are interesting to push data as places like Google Sheets, Slack, um, even things like Salesforce, um, just all this insight and, and data that's locked up in a customer, in one of our customers' data warehouses. We just make it dead simple um, for anyone that knows SQL to get it out of their warehouse and, and drop it into other places that they're interested in. And when I first built the product, I you know, started completely as a side project. Um, it was something that I kind of used and, and dabbled with a bit um, at my last company and decided, you know, kind of spin off as a little side project, got some customers pretty early. Um, but after that very first customer, I realized, okay, this is you know something that people might actually want to use, might be interested in. Um, so started to kind of think about like how, you know, marketing would look and, and how we could kind of get um, the first, you know, 10 users after that first user. Um, and um, Robert, are the, are the slides up? Because I only see myself right now. There, there you go. go. Cool. And I guess that I can control it with this. There we go. Great. Um, so, you know, this first slide is, is basically what the initial strategy was, which was um, try to find places that people were asking questions or really trying to figure out how to build our product on their own. Um, so that would look like, you know, for our specific use case, it would look like people trying to write Python scripts and trying to set up servers and do all these things to try to like automate this data flow um, from their warehouse into these other destinations like Google Sheets. So it's this like really clunky pro uh, process that people were fault, you know, hitting problems, you know, at multiple steps along the way. They might be um, getting, they might be getting caught up with going through the Google OAuth process um, in terms of like getting credentials set up. They might be getting jammed up with getting it um, set on a schedule, so having a server set up and making sure that that's running reliably 24/7. There's a ton of different places that they could be falling, you know, falling into a trap or, or hitting a roadblock. And you know, basically, that's what we try to do is we try to help people overcome that individual roadblock that they hit. Um, so you know, maybe it was um, you know authenticating to their database with Python. We were helping people. Um, answer that question, but then we were also saying, hey, by the way, this is going to be a pain 12 more times, like you're going to run into 12 more roadblocks. Um, SQL is perfectly built to solve this problem, so you might want to you know, give that um, give that a try in instead of you know, building it yourself. Um, so, you know, this, tr this tweet was, you know, mentioned, I guess, earlier, earlier this month, but it, it's basically kind of encapsulates our, our early strategy. Um, and, you know, one of the first places that we looked um, was basically just you know Google searching and finding places that that people have bumped into this issue and and have kind of already like answered the questions or started to answer the question. Um, so this is you know a, a, a screenshot from Stack Overflow, and it's funny you know there's there's 12 upvotes here, but I could say you know with pretty solid confidence that this one post on Stack Overflow uh, has generated thousands of dollars in MRR for us. Um, you know since since we initially answered the question, so. It's only 12 upvotes, but tons of people have seen this, and it's really highly qualified traffic um, that we get in. So this Stack Overflow question ranks pretty highly on, on Google for various questions that are related to our product. And you can see the answer here is you know, crisp to the point, uh, hey, if you don't want to solve this yourself, um, you know, SQL's out there. We've always uh, tried to be as transparent as possible. It's like, hey, we're one of the founders, you know, just you know, full transparency, like we built this product. So it's, you know, it's, it's clear that you're where the pitch is coming from. It's not, you know, we're, it's not that we're trying to hide it and, and post it from, you know, a ghost account or, or position it as though it's one of our customers that's answering it, anything like that. 
Um, we're always transparent that it's us that, that's answering the question. Uh, and then we just try to be crisp and and not canned in terms of the response. So we try to cater um, the response, whether it's you know a place like Quora or Stack Overflow, we, we cater the response to the exact question as opposed to just pasting in you know, a blanket response that's used for, for all questions. I think the next slide has uh, an example of Quora. Um, so this was another question that we found pretty early on um, in our history in terms of um, you know, when, when we initially launched. Um, one thing with Quora that's nice is it's, and, and actually Stack Overflow as well, is you, you can update the question or, sorry, or update your answer over time as you add new features or as you kind of improve the product. So um, this is exactly what we did here is when we initially launched the product, uh, it was the, the UI was terrible. It was it was actually you know a pretty janky and clunky product. So this post was actually updated multiple times as we improved our product and as the screenshots look cleaner, as the product um, you know, vision became more concise, uh, we updated these answers and you know made you know, made the value prop more more uh, clear. So it was actually something we did call it like every quarter to every like six months as we kind of go back through these top posts. Um, which obviously like attribution and, and tracking is pretty important for understanding like where your customers are coming from so that you know which of these posts actually matter to update. Um, but we've kept that um, we've kept that like log of the posts that still matter or the answers that still matter to us and we go back and update those regularly if, if necessary. Um, so this is one example in, in Quora. And then the third place that we really found some initial and early traffic, and it's it's not really a Q and A um, site, but it is a place that a lot of our customers were going to for answers. Um, so there's actually, and, and this is a very little known uh, marketplace that, that oddly has a very uh, large user base. Like you can kind of see some of the numbers that are in just this screenshot. But if you're looking for an idea, I fully encourage you to go to Google Work uh, Workspace Marketplace and just kind of search around at some of the products that have traction there. There's applications that are that are literally just for, like add-ons to Google Forms that have millions of users uh, and terrible reviews. So there's there's like apps that are being widely used that are paid apps that have terrible reviews and are poorly built. Seems like a pretty good um, combination for someone looking for you know a side project or or a new project to work on. Um, but in our use case, um, you know, pretty early on we realized that customers were looking for solutions here. Uh, we actually, by default, had to have a listing here um, for, for the initial version of our application, so it wasn't something that we discovered on our own, like we had to be listed here. But once we realized how many customers were finding us through the marketplace, we really worked to improve our ratings, improve our reviews. You can see here in the screenshot, we have a 4.9 star review with, with almost 3,000 users for the first app. We actually have two apps in the marketplace, one for, for Forms and one for Google Sheets, so five-star review on the other one. And we really worked on making sure that we were number one in the search results for different terms that matter to us. So basically anything you search for that matters to our company, like Postgres, Snowflake, anything like that, uh, we are the number one search result and we get a ton of traffic through here. Um, so again, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of MRR uh, with no spend. So it's not like we're you know, paying for placement here. It's, it's, it's purely um, just doing the work to get, uh, to get the app reviewed well and, 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 and listed well. Um, and I think, yeah, so I think that that's it on the marketplaces. Those were the three that we really leaned on um, early on, especially to get the first, you know, 10, first 100 customers. Um, the, I guess the, the overall strategy, you know, I already mentioned being transparent. So making sure that uh, anyone that we, um, anyone that we were 
quote unquote, like selling to um, through these marketplaces knew um, you know, who it was that was selling to them and, and knew that we were associated with the company. Um, always trying to, you know, speak the language. It was, it was pretty easy for me just because I was, you know, I kind of was our customer. Um, so uh, I knew SQL. I wasn't much of a developer, so I didn't know a ton about um, like backend infrastructure and things like that in terms of setting up servers. So um, I was kind of our customer, so I was able to kind of speak that language. Um, but if you're not your customer, make sure that you're not, you know, getting too far into like technical jargon, things that the customer doesn't care about um, in terms of, uh, you know, sound like a salesperson. So we were just very direct in terms of answering their questions. Um, and then, you know, the, the last one, which is, is, is probably the most important, is uh, really showing showing how painful free can be. Um, so, you know, we were, like DigitalOcean has some great posts on this. Um, their early strategy was very much along these lines. It's like just showing how incredibly painful it is to manage machines on AWS or set up a new, you know, spin up a new instance on AWS at the time that the DigitalOcean launched. So, you know, we took that exact um, same playbook and exact same strategy in terms of like, hey, setting this all up on your on your own is going to be a complete nightmare. This is not something you want to manage, especially when our product starts at 50 bucks a month. Um, this should be, a, you know, kind of an absolute no brainer for you for at least, you know, to at least give us a trial as opposed to trying to solve this problem yourself, because free isn't always, you know, really free um, when you when kind of factor in all the hours it's going to take to um, for you to kind of build this on your own. So um, that's pretty much the tips. Rob, any any questions on on your side? Yep. Yeah. Let me let me dive in with a couple comments um, because actually I have done very similar approach to what you've done, and I did it with. Um, Hittail, which was a long tail SEO keyword tool that was a SaaS app. And so at that time I went to Quora, subscribed to all the SEO and keyword research topics, and I would chime in similar to you. I use the, I was very personal. I always, uh, I always divulged, you know, that I, by the way, I run Hittail, but the big thing was I would t absolutely show them and this is a decade ago, but I would say, they would say, how do I do keyword research? And I'd say, here's how you can do it. Screenshot, screenshot, go through Google, do yep. this, do that, or click through to this site, pay 20 bucks a month, <laughs> you know, but disclosure, I'm the, uh, you know, I'm the owner of it, but it, it literally became, it, it, it it's almost like, uh, you know, doing the selling for you. And even it's funny because you said, you know, one of those posts had 12 upvotes, but it's created thousands of dollars in, in value for you. Similar with with Hittail and then with Drip, actually, I you know Drip being an email service provider, I subscribe to all the, the email marketing and the um, or really a bunch of just email marketing questions. And it was similar where ones wouldn't get that many upvotes, but it would just drive highly, highly targeted traffic. So even if I only got 30, 50 visitors a month from those threads, um, you know they would convert to trial at like. 10, 20% when the rest of the site was converting at two, when a one or 2%. It was because they were so qualified and already so interested in the problem. Um, so there's a lot of value there. And of course, these days, even I answer stuff about SaaS and marketing and this and that, because it's, you know, it's the the podcast, uh, microconf and, and tiny seed stuff that I'm thinking about these days. So uh, there's a lot of value here. And what we do have a question that I'll get to in a second, but I wanted to point out some other sites. Obviously, Quora is is the general one, um, but and it covers well, it covers a lot of. It started out as more of a Silicon Valley kind of startup topics, and then it's really expanded from there. Stack Overflow is the technical one, um, and obviously, Stack Exchange has a bunch of different. Uh, I mean, I believe they have hundreds of different ones now. I mean, they have RPG.StackExchange, and they have English literature and grammar. You know, just all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of options there. 
Um, Reddit is another place that I've seen folks, if you're involved in, um, you know, a specific, if there's a SQL users group or a developer users group or, uh, you know, a startup users group, whatever, that's a place I've seen people be helpful on the internet. And those can rank if there's a question, they can rank in Google. Clarity.fm is another one that I think people forget. Clarity is for phone, uh, mostly it's for connecting with consultants via phone chat, uh, phone calls, but they now have a um, that you can get involved with. And those are the ones that, the interesting thing is there's a whole other strategy where it's going Facebook groups, forums, and, and Slack groups, you know, like MicroConf Connect. Those are also helpful, but they're different in that you don't get SEO out of it, right? That's the thing is that Quora, Clarity, Stack Overflow, Reddit, these things tend to rank in Google for the, for the answer to the question that that person is asking. And you would love for your website to rank number one for the answer to that question, but you don't have the juice. You know, none of us have the juice that Quora or these other sites do. So that's what I'll say kind of as bringing my personal experience to it, as well as um, kind of expanding on that in terms of there are other options. You know, it's not just the three. You, you pointed out Quora, Stack Overflow, and Google Workspace Marketplace, which I had never heard of. Um, that's, that's funny. All right, we got a couple questions. Uh, from One from Adam. He says, I think you may have covered this, but but you know, reiterate, Mike. He says, do you have any thoughts on using personal accounts, for example, Adam, versus company accounts? Example, the name is my company on Quora, Stack Overflow, et cetera. Uh, we always used personal accounts. I always felt that that was much less salesy. Um, so wherever wherever possible, we always used a personal account. Yep, that's what I did as well. And the nice part, especially on Quora, you can put Rob Walling, comma, you know, founder of Drip, founder of whatever. And so your your company makes it in anyways, but then you're a human being. It's like nobody wants a question answered by a company. It's I'm instantly suspect when I see that, right? But if it's by a person who's the CEO or a founder, I actually give, give them credibility. A question from Kristen Carney. Um, how do you find questions? Let's see, how do you find the right questions to answer on the platform? Did you answer hundreds of questions or did you somehow ID the questions with a lot of views? Uh, you weigh in first. Yeah, that, I want to I tell folks how I did it. No, that's, that's absolutely a great question because Quora is just an absolute flood of, of the same question over and over. So you can waste a lot of time answering 100 versions of basically the same question. The way, the simple method we used is just Google searching. So if so we searched through Google for the questions that we cared about, for the key terms that we cared about, and then whatever ranked there from Quora, we would then click through to Quora and answer those questions. So if you search directly on Quora for something like, you know, if you just search the, a, a broad term like uh, Postgres or Google Sheets, things along those lines, there will be dozens of the same question over and over. The, the ones that we really focused on were the ones that were um, basically the ones that were ranking in Google. Um, one other side note on, on Quora is that you can get tricked probably into um, running ads there or promoting your post. Um, just just our own experience, we actually tried that out. It seemed like a no-brainer. So like, oh, well, like we can instantly get our, our answer to, to, post, uh, to jump to the top. It was a complete uh, failure. Uh, it, did, it did not work at all. They actually, uh, their ad platform is also terrible in terms of like setting all that up and then getting it to... Um, to display appropriately. Uh, so getting in the, the promotion to display on the questions that you want it to was also a disaster. So just a quick a quick aside is that at, like ads on Quora did not work at all for us versus doing the questions completely for free worked really well. That's good to know. 
because I've never tried Quora ads and I always see Quora ads because I am I'm on Quora. Yeah. I get their weekly digest and so I'm on it once a week kind of searching through the stuff. Of course, the digest is always like MCU movie trivia and what's going on with Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of stuff. So it's like nothing to do with startup, which is actually a nice break. But I see the ads all the time and I, I kind of have it at the back of my head like I wonder if I should try those. So interesting data point there. Um, I like that about Google searching. I wish I had thought of that because I would go through, I would subscribe to the topics and then I'd try to be the first answer for a lot of them. And I, that worked, uh, it worked, well, it always worked in terms of I would usually start getting upvotes quickly, but if those didn't appear in search results anywhere, then I wouldn't get a lot of traffic from those. So it's, it, it is an interesting uh, approach. I like what you're, what you're thinking. Another question, how do you make your answers not sound promotional? Yeah, and that that is actually hard. So if you the first draft, if you're thinking, you know, selling the product, it's probably going to come across as sales. Like the, the thing I always came back to is if you are answering the question from a place that you're not involved with the company at all. Um, so almost put yourself in a you know customers or potential customer shoes. Um, but that that absolutely is something that we had to work on early on, and and I found the the best way for me to do it. Um, was to pretend that I was answering the question either to someone that I knew. Um, so like, just put yourself um, in a an actual situation where someone that you know is asking you the question uh, and like a specific person. Um, so I would pretend like, oh, like our product manager at our last company is asking me this question. How would I answer him? Like, and making it a specific person worked really well for me um, because if you're answering it to like the internet, like just broadly, you can come across as like maybe sounding a little bit too like polished or maybe too like uh, on the PR side um, versus if you're answering a friend or, you know, a previous coworker, um, it'll probably come across more natural. Uh, we, we didn't A-B test this, obviously, so who knows if it works or not, but that's the way that um, felt better to me. And I guess if like upvotes versus downvotes mean anything, uh, it seems like, you know, Rob mentioned places like Reddit, um, you know, when we when we answered more naturally, it seems like you know people appreciate that and and um, you know welcome it more than something that's more kind of salesy or markety. Yeah, I like that of just talking. Pretend you're talking to a human, or you're answering a friend in an email thread or a Slack thread, right? And it's like, what would I actually tell them? I would say, well, yeah. here I'm going to answer your question. And then I'm going to tell you probably don't do that is is usually the way it winds up, you know, and that it, it can come off not salesy then. Another question from Mark. He says, I don't have a Quora account. Can I create one today and start answering right away? Or do you have to warm up your account first? I don't think you have to warm up your account. Um, I definitely answered the first day. Um, so I started answering questions. I did use like our domain. So I signed up with our, you know, like at SQL.io domain. So I did create a separate new account for, for SQL for the company. Um, but yeah, you can start answering right away. I don't think they do too much. I don't think they're trying to be too clever around like new accounts. There is a lot of spam on Quora. Um, so you, you, know, you do um, pos have the possibility of being drowned out by a lot of other spam. But um, yeah, I, I don't think you need any warm up period. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they rely on their upvote downvote system since it is a human powered, you know, voting system. The spam does get can get downvoted quickly. And so um, I think if you sign up and start answering questions with value and, and you do get upvotes, that pretty quickly you'll get the reputation you need to, to continue answering. 
Any other questions from folks? Checking the Slack. And I have a question for you. Did you, was this something you did in the early days to get early traction and then you stopped at a certain point where it just didn't move the needle for you anymore? Or is it something that you continue to do today? Yeah, this was definitely, this was the very first thing we did, um, which was just Google search. And we knew we weren't going to have domain credibility um, from day one. So we Google searched, found places that we could answer this question that did have domain authority that would show up and rank in SEO results. And that was like the very first thing we did. Um, as far as like ongoing, um, it has not been much of a strategy, like say like the past year. Um, and we have mainly just been in maintenance mode. So if um, you know, if a post, if a particular post is just looking outdated, um, so it's just not really uh, displaying the current product anymore, we will we will update them. Um, some newer channels, like as opposed to like Core and Stack Overflow, have worked well for us. So like as we added more integrations and destinations, new forums um, became relevant to us. Um, so specifically like Salesforce, when we added Salesforce as a destination for our product. We did go. We we kind of dug into their their archives and their you know previous uh, you know Q and A forums there, um, which are very active. Like there's a ton of Salesforce developers out there, a ton of people that use Salesforce in general, obviously. Um, so there are questions that are you know super relevant to our product that we've you know kind of gone in and answered. Um, but the uh, the amount of work to like keep up with it is actually like really really low. Um, so like if you if you kind of like have it to do once or tw you know once a month or once every other month. Um, I think that's more than enough to like keep up with um, you know, maybe even like a dozen or so different sources and questions. Yeah, and I think that's something good to take away is that's why this is, these are, you know, this whole MicroConf Remote 2.0 event is around getting that first 10, 50 or 100 customers. It's, this is not going to, I don't see the scaling. The only time I've seen the scale is Jason Lemkin built the entire Sastra brand on Quora and then he republished on his blog. And that's the one person I've seen who like built a, you know, a huge personal brand. But other than that, it's usually what you've said and how I've described Hittail and Drip is you do it in the early days and it gets you highly qualified folks, not a huge amount, but enough that, you know, you can use it to get early traction. And then from there on, it's, it's, just maintenance. There is a question from Eric and he he's asking like I think during the active time when you were you know really targeting this how much time in a given week did you spend answering questions? Uh, super low uh, like five or ten minutes a week maybe um, it was it, you know a lot of it was a one-time find everything make a spreadsheet with all all the questions and go through and, and answer them all at once. Um, so, you know, kind of upfront investment, you know, definitely less than 10 hours. And, you know, especially when you think about like getting how painful it can be to get your first 10 customers, if you have the right product that kind of fits into this, um, the type of product that can be successful with this strategy, we easily got more than our, our first 10 customers with, with less than 10 hours of work of just going through, finding the relevant questions, answering them really well. Um, and, you know, just tracking and making sure that we, we knew where those customers were coming from. Um, so, yeah, like less than 10 hours initial investment and then ongoing, you know, we've, we've been around for almost three years now. And I'd say like life to date is probably another like 10 or 20 hours. So it's, it's really low investment. Yeah. And the. Uh... I like about um, what I like about doing Quora and Stack Overflow and these others is that usually when you see the question, 
it's obvious to you what the answer is, but it's not obvious to everyone else because you're the expert, like you're knee deep in this stuff. I mean, you can call out particular API calls or you can call out particular numbers. I mean, again, when I answer questions on Quora about B2B SaaS marketing, I'm like referencing page 27 of the state of independent SaaS that we ran that because it's just, it's just all in your head and you forget how knowledgeable and how deep your knowledge is. These are not things that you research. Um, I, at least I never did. It was always like, you know, what are best practice? What are the biggest mistakes people make in email marketing? And it's like, well, I can list five right now because I see it every day in drip, right? It's not that I have to go and spend a bunch of time like writing a dissertation. It just kind of, it, it comes out of me because it, you're you're knee deep in it. Uh, another question from, yeah, or there's a question from and that's, Justin. Oh, go ahead. Yep. I was going to say, that's a great point on, on our product as well. It's like this, this is a lot of times a person that's spent like 10 to 15 minutes trying to figure out how to solve this problem. And we've meanwhile spent like six months building a company around it. So like you're exactly spot on, Rob. It's like, it's someone that's like, hey, this is a really annoying problem. I'm trying to solve it right now. Um, they're asking it from a place of like, you know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes of experience on like working on it. So you might come across as like the most brilliant person on earth if you, you know, answer their question well after you know having worked on the, on the product or the problem for three to six months. We have a question from Justin. He says, what were some examples of the Google searches you did? Uh, literally, literally the question, right? So for, for our product, um, you know, we, and this is another, I think this is a, a general um, theme that Rob and, and MicroConf in general pushes is like niche down, like you know, find a niche. We were super niche at, at first. Like we basically only solved like one problem, which was getting data from your database into Google Sheets. So it was like write SQL uh, connected to your database, you know, whether that's like Postgres, MySQL, whatever it is. And instead of having the results, you know, returned into your IDE, we were sending the results to somewhere like Google Sheets. So like that was that was the um, the problem that we solved, like that was the niche. So we just searched every iteration of that problem. It's like, how do I send or how do I connect Postgres to Google Sheets? And those different words in between were actually pretty important to us. So things like how do you um, how do you send Postgres data to Google Sheets? How do you connect Postgres to Google Sheets? Like all these different iterations and kind of synonyms for various words in that search term were important for us finding um, those those first few questions. So trying all the different iterations like you know MySQL instead of Postgres, Snowflake, which is a popular data warehouse instead of Postgres, um, kind of like adding all those different iterations and combinations like that's what we did to build that spreadsheet um, and say hey these are the you know 50 questions that we want to answer and then we just went through and knocked them out you know again in, in like less than 10 hours that first first go around all right yeah justin responded he said those examples are gold Thank you. And that's the thing, you know, you can, you go to Google to find out what's ranking in Google, but you can also go directly to Quora and you can type in, in your example, you could type in Postgres Google Sheets in the search box and see what comes up to see what wording, because there's going to be a bunch of questions with those two in it. And then there's going to be all those connect, you know, transfer, transmit, you know, whatever else. Um, and then you can do the same thing, SQL Server, Google Sheets. And uh, yeah, that's great. All right, we are at time, sir. Thank you so much for uh, coming and dropping dropping your knowledge today. I know that, for, you know, judging by the, the level of the questions and the number of them, I know that provided a lot of value for folks today. Awesome, thanks for having me, Rob. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining me today. As a reminder, we are having another MicroConf remote here in the next couple of months. If you're not on our email list, we don't send that many emails and they're always value packed. 
head to microconf.com, sign up for the list, and hear about you know not only the next remote event, but when we run State of Independent SaaS, or when we do the SaaS Podcast Awards, or when we run in-person events. There's so much going on in this microconf community, and microconf.com is the hub for that. So thanks again for joining me. We'll be back in your earbuds again next week.